The following episode is a deep dive into the pickup artist community. It's not about how to pick up women. That being said, it contains things that you might find disturbing and uncomfortable. I just wanted to let you know before we begin. Pickup artists. You know, the sensual magician, relationship coaches who don't play by society's rules. People so skilled in the art of seduction that they write books, sell courses, and host seminars about it. A nearly $100 million industry about teaching men, mostly, the rules of the game. My name's Ari Kagan, and on this episode of Things You Don't Need to Know, we dive deep into the world of psychology, manipulation, and coercion. My first experience with pickup artists was the 1999 film Magnolia by Paul Thomas Anderson. There's a character, Frank T.J. Mackey, who's played by Tom Cruise, and he's this outlandish, motivational speaker. Take it on headfirst with the skills that I will teach you at work and say, no! No! You will not control me! No! No! You will not take my soul! And I'm going to be honest, when I first saw that movie, I thought this character was so ridiculous that nobody could actually be like him. How to fake like you are nice and caring. No, I, I don't want a microphone. Quite an important chapter, as you will see. Of course, I was completely fucking wrong. There's like 30 of these guys, and some of them have their own TV shows. People like famous pickup artist Mystery, or as he's known by his actual name, Eric Von Markovic. I am Mystery. He developed a system called the Mystery Method, which not only got him his own TV show, but also a lot of popularity in the PUA community. PUA stands for pickup artist. I find it to be a bit of a chuckle considering how much it sounds like a type of excrement. Mystery had a show on VH1 where he would give nine male contestants who are yet to find love pointers in the fine art of picking up women. A man named Mystery took eight lovable losers and turned them into Casanovas. The main cast also included Tara and Matador. No, those aren't their real names either. Most of these artists use aliases for promotional reasons, but also so that when a woman looks them up on Google, they don't see how they've fallen for stuff from a textbook. The person on the phone with me now is my roommate, Tom, because who wants to walk to the other side of the apartment? Hola, senor. Hey, I had a quick business idea for us. Okay, shoot. I'm Batman, and you're robbing my heart. We're a pickup artist duo. You're the you're the you're the you're the uh, wingman. Batman doesn't sound like a like a pickup name. We could go like old school Adam West Batman, and it could be like Batman. Here's your woman attraction spray. I think you took it too far. It was just supposed to be a little bit. It also sounds a lot more like a pickup line than anything. If you're still having trouble putting a face to the name, mystery looks like someone who time traveled from the Victorian era and along the way made a stop at Zoomies. These utterly bizarre fashion choices are called peacocking, and it's meant to set you apart from the competition. Guys who dress up really peacocky, while we look at them and go, oh my god, it's so schmarmy, women respond to it. Given its spot on national television, Mystery's show, The Pickup Artist, was rather tame. However, it does introduce us to something very common in the pickup artist world, which is stages or steps you can take to conquering women. Which, when teaching anything, having a process makes sense, but something about a three-step plan to manipulate people rubs me the wrong way. Then you move forward into A3, and here's this next level of the video game. He also teaches us about Kino. Anyone who understands compliance ladders, anyone who understands Kino escalation. No, not the low-fat, high-carb diet. 
Kino is a term pickup artists use to describe the act of touching someone in a non-threatening manner to build trust and eventually have sex with them. The quickest way to learn this is uh, watch a select few old politicians going about their daily business. Lastly, he talks about circuits, switches, magnetic fields. The hardwired uh, pre-selection switch. Which, if you're talking to an engineer, is great, but from anyone else, they're likely hawking pseudoscience. Mystery is, some could say over the top. Rightfully so, considering he's on television. And you know what they say about TV. It adds fighter pilot goggles and a fur top hat. But the people who started the industry are much more practical, at least clothing-wise. Hey, this is Ross Jeffries. I am the creator and master teacher of speed seduction. It's a way of using a woman's imagination to get her into the states of consciousness where she wants to jump your bones, creating states of fascination, connection, curiosity, desire, and lust for you. He's also the inspiration for that Tom Cruise character from Magnolia, the one we talked about at the beginning, remember? You are here for me to enlighten you. I am the godfather of the whole pickup and seduction community. I started it all the way back in 1988 with my first book, How to Get the Women You Desire into Bed. And since then, I've spawned copycats, facsimiles, impersonations of imitations, but I am the one, the original, the great gurus, trained thousands of people. And I'll add this to my claim to fame. I'm the only one in the whole community who knows how to do healing work with men. So that's the basics. I'm also under a different brand teaching how to use hypnotic language to get your prospects to convince themselves to buy. When he says hypnotic language, he actually means hypnotic language. We'll touch on that in a few. I got into it because I was a very unattractive, socially awkward teen and young adult. I didn't lose my virginity until I was 22, and that was on accident with a very drunk, very fat, lovely lady named Megan Yep, he actually named her, and he didn't stop there. Hello, Megan, if you're out there, from Brown Deer, Wisconsin. He even said where she was from. <laughs> you might have noticed that some of this stuff is wildly misogynistic. And it's true, but thousands, maybe millions of men subscribe to this stuff, so it's worth understanding. But I went five years after that without even touching a woman, and I went through the, you know, the confusion, the shame, and the self-hate, the resentment jealousy of people who had everything that I wanted and couldn't get. I stumbled onto neurolinguistic programming around the age of 29. Neurolinguistic programming, or NLP, and this is the Google definition, is a pseudoscientific approach to communication, personal development, and psychotherapy. It was created in 70s California, where else, by Richard Bandler and John Grinder. Through NLP, I healed a good enough portion of my pain and my shame and my fear to be able to start meeting women. And then I thought, let's try this out, Dr. Frankenstein. And the first time it ever worked, can I tell that story? Yeah, go ahead. So I was working as a paralegal for a lawyer who was in his own practice. It was just me, secretary, and the lawyer. The lawyer fired the secretary as she walked out. It was 1988, I don't remember which it was. He went out of town. He said, interview these candidates for secretary, hire whoever you want. So it was another Megan, spelled her name differently. She walked in, blonde, short, short, short skirt with gorgeous legs, beautiful girl. And I said, you know what, let's go have coffee. And over coffee, I used a version of my famous blowjob pattern. 
And all of a sudden, her mouth went numb. She leaned over and said, my tongue is numb. I said, that's because your tongue has a message for me. What does it want to say? And she leaned over and said, I'm going to suck your cock. For those of you who don't have subtitles on, she said, I want to suck your cock. So we went back to my boss's office, and I ended about eight years of a dry spell right there on my boss's desk. And it, it gave me such a sense of unreality. Like, did that really happen? I got lost on the freeway. I'm right home. So how did he do it? What's his world-famous blowjob pattern? And more importantly, is any of this actually true? Well, I went a little deeper and found a few very bare-bones articles like early 2000s internet. And what I'm about to tell you, I found on pickupguide.com. The people joining me on the phone are my friends Johnny Samuels and Emma Schissel. Have you heard of the blowjob pattern? No. <laughs> no. I'd love to hear that. It's, it's more ridiculous than it sounds. Just to clarify, I am reading what you're supposed to say to the woman you are picking up. First thing you're going to do is ask her about anything she really loves to eat, okay? Okay. And then you're going to describe the sensation of eating that food and amplify it with a gustatory gusto. Okay. And um, then you are going to link it to your dick using a dick point. By by dick point, what, what, what does he mean? What is he implying? Oh, you're about to find out. Okay. This is what you say as the man. Okay. I was just sitting here thinking of taking a vacation. If you could imagine your ideal vacation spot would be where... If, fuck, I've already fucked this up. <laughs> Basically, you just ask where your ideal vacation st- spot would be, and then it literally says, stop and let her talk. Oh, my God. And then, it doesn't matter what she says, this is what you say. You know, I think it's so interesting how people connect with their hopes and dreams and their daydreams, right? I was reading this article the other day about compulsions, and it got me thinking all about the difference between compulsion and anticipation. I mean, have you ever come home from a hard day of work, and it's like all you can think about is dropping your clothes and getting into that steamy hot bath or shower? I'm assuming the other person doesn't say anything here. And then you go, it's Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Yes, Ross. <laughs> it's like before you even step in, you can already feel the heat working its way through every muscle in your body and all the frustrations just drop away and all you can feel is the pressure of the warmth just shooting through every part of you. And then there's a moment of sliding in where you really let that pleasure take you and it feels great, doesn't it? I don't think this guy's ever been in a bath before. I think he's just right <laughs> about being in a bath and and this is sort of what he thinks getting getting in a bath should be He's only ever like. taking like showers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then... Who, who fucking cares what she says? You keep going. I know. Are you? You're just like mansplaining. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you like chocolate? Or there's another food that you can, like, substitute here. That's what it says in the parentheses. I mean, can you stop and remember a time when you saw a piece of chocolate and your mouth is already tasting it, like, before you even put it in? Um, yeah, I love chocolate. And you can already taste that sweetness <laughs> against your tongue and you can feel the special rich texture of it against your tongue as well. <laughs> Sounds like a sexual innuendo. No, I mean, you, sh- you should see my face right now, man. Oh my goodness, this is really, really funny. And then there's a moment, that moment where you f- where the first molecule of chocolate touches your tongue and you know the inside <laughs> of your mouth. And you just want to keep it there because it's so rich and so good. And there's that extra special warmth when you swallow the sweetness down. Oh man, the, the lack of subtlety with the innuendos is so good. Or then maybe, you know, like sometimes when you meet someone and you're really attracted to them and you both know that there's that moment when your eyes lock, it's that special look right before you kiss. It's a very physical moment that your relationship is unfolded, uh, contained or rolled into that first touch of the lips. And there's that excitement with the first soft contact of the lips where you don't even know you're touching them or not. 
oh man, it's like a jolt of electricity all through you. See, I think what happens is the conscious mind goes down into the subconscious and brings back up all these thoughts, images, desires, and fantasies. You think those thoughts are above me, but really I think they're below me because you're coming from a much deeper part and your mind, aren't you? <laughs> what? I'd like you to, I'd like to point out something to you that I think something you probably missed in my description. When he says, and you may think those thoughts are above me, but really I think they're below me. Yeah, no, I, I, I picked up on that. You pronounce uh, the below me, blow me. And that's how it, that's the dick point. Oh, blow me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude. Oh, oh my God. Oh, that's funny. I, I didn't pick up on it. I'm a liar. Ross, Ross got me. He fooled me. It's, it seems as if I'm approaching a desk right now and getting ready to blow Ross Jeffries. That is, that's crazy. And, and, and this worked reportedly. Apparently it did. Um, Emma, as a, as a potential prospect uh, of one of these scripts, what do you think? I don't know. It just felt like you were rambling. <laughs> like if we were just to meet, that wouldn't be interesting. <laughs> But that could just be my opinion. I don't know. If somebody came up to you and said that, what would you do? How would you How would you actually respond? I mean, gosh, because it has to do so much with context. Like, who is the person, too? But I feel like if anyone were to just kind of be like, oh, like, imagine this in the shower and stuff, and the first molecule of chocolate on your tongue, like, it just seems, like, way too thought out, almost. I don't think any average Joe would pick up on that, even subconsciously. It's not going to make anyone aroused. <laughs> you were definitely not aroused by it? Just confused. Um, okay, well that's concerning. Uh, I was really hoping that it would work. No, it didn't work, man. That's not how one gains happiness. Happiness is another one of these mind control style phrases. If you didn't catch that, it's pronounced happiness, like a penis. It's very clever. The idea that you can somehow embed something like this into the subconscious is sometimes used by magicians to force cards. Basically, they'll already have the card that's like meant to be your card in a back pocket or under their hat or something, and they'll say things that will hopefully cause you to think of the card they already have. It works pretty well when done correctly, but that's a card trick. If a woman were to actually blow a man after delivering that line, I do not think it would be correlated with the blow me subconscious remark, whatever, you know, because... I completely agree. I yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with if you're going to blow someone, it has nothing to do with it being below you. Yes, exactly. It's going to be how much that person is attracted to you, what foundations do you have, how desperate that person might be. I don't know. There's so many, there's so many factors. Emma and I are in agreement over this relatively logical explanation. On the other hand, pickup artists believe they have it down to a science. Take this clip from a Pua who calls himself Magic. Most women will be wearing a neck piece or something, like a necklace or something. Uh, I'm just gonna go and say, don't worry, I'm not checking your boobs. But this piece is fucking awesome. Do you see what I did there? No, you didn't see what he did there because this is a podcast, but if you were watching the video, you would know that he went up to a woman and looked right down her chest you know, at her boobs. So I injected the sexual terms, I started talking about boobs and all, but I didn't stress on boobs. By the time I, I moved back, by the time I pulled back, the only thing that's gonna be registered in your mind is fucking awesome. Bizarre pseudoscience? Yeah. Creepy? Absolutely. But is it surprising from someone whose mentor told him this? What he enjoyed with women was, like he would go to women and these women would hesitate. And he would, he, he loved the whole process where 
he would lead women inch by inch to where he wanted them to be and the place where they didn't want to be. And that process he enjoyed. Yes, he just loved the process of manipulating people into uncomfortable situations. You know, you're, you're not having a conversation and you're not engaging in any sort of like no, mutual. No, not at all. You know, th not that thing all. with this girl, it's like this girl is just, you know, like the pillow in front of me, right? And you're just giving a monologue more or less. But, but he's making it seem like it's a conversation, like it's totally engineered. It's just misogynistic almost, or it's almost like seeing a woman as an object too, because they just think, oh yeah, if I say a few of these lines, I'm guaranteed to get a woman to blow me. I literally thought of um, the Wolf of Wall Street scene where Jordan Belfort gives all of his boys, you know, the script to read from. You, my name is Alton Kupferberg. Robbie Feinberg. Chester May. I'm senior vice president in Stratton Oakmont. And I plan on being one of the top brokers in my firm next time. Like, I, I'm sort of envisioning it as the woman goes into a state of like, <laughs> because it, it, it's like, oh, if, if you get the woman into this, into this state of subconsciousness, it will reflect upon her own consciousness, and we will dive into bed and you will get blown. And, and my thing is, what do you do after? You know, is your relationship with that woman completely sort of just over? It shouldn't be about, how am I going to get to have sexual acts with this woman immediately? Like, it should... <laughs> That's boring anyways. You want to keep, you want the buildup. You want it to be interesting in a relationship. And also you want to be yourself because what happens when you don't have these manila filed dialogues when you're with this girl again? Like, what if you run out of them? What are you going to do? You're going to have to come and speak from your, your heart, speak for yourself. I, it took me so long to make this episode because I really just felt that it was blowing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, that's, uh, that's enough. <laughs> We're gonna go to commercial now, but when we come back, things get ridiculous. There's no other way to say it. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. When I first heard about the blowjob pattern, I thought that it was the strangest thing I would find out about in the process of researching this episode. But oh my God, it gets so much worse. A majority of the pickup and seduction community exists in online chat rooms, where men talk to other men about improving their game. Some of these people, such as Roosh V, rise up and become leaders within the subculture. They create their own blogs, chat rooms, and books. One of such books is Roosh V's Bang Ukraine, a men's travel guide that teaches you how to date Ukrainian women. One of the book's pages is dedicated to paint-over culture, a phrase Roosh coined to describe the aforementioned Eastern European country. If you don't mind, I'm going to read a passage from it now. Ukrainians don't fix problems. They paint over them instead. The women do it with their excessive use of makeup, fake eyebrows, and fake eyelashes. A fat Ukrainian man who looks like Jabba the Hutt will paint over himself with a Mercedes-Benz. Ukrainians look for quick fixes that give the appearance of beauty and success. Rush also once tried to organize Return of the Kings, a rally where him and people who bought his book would get together and talk about their ideas. 
Ideas like legalizing rape on private property. If we legalize rape, women will be more careful with their bodies and not go into the private rooms of men that they don't want to have sex with. Roosh is essentially saying that if there was no law against rape, women would stop portraying themselves in a certain way and would be less likely to put themselves in potentially dangerous situations. Because of this, less people would be raped. This notion is ludicrous victim-blaming that has no science or evidence to back it up. The idea that it is in any way the victim's fault is disgusting. But I can't say I didn't expect it from someone who once said, While walking to my place, I realized how drunk she was. In America, having sex with her would have been rape since she can't legally give her consent. It didn't help matters that I was relatively sober, but I can't say I cared or even hesitated. I won't rationalize my actions, but having sex is what I do. It's based off this evidence that I would like to suggest Roosh doesn't only hate Ukrainians, but women as well. But why does he have so much hate in his heart? Maybe this video, titled Roosh and His Embarrassing Ukraine Confession, will clear things up. I have a confession to make, and that confession is that in six months living in Ukraine, three months in Kharkov, and three months in Odessa, I did not get a single one-night stand. And I've tried. I've tried all different types of venues and types of game, and I just couldn't get it. Hell of a creation story if you ask me. Roosh V, it even sounds like a supervillain. But at least he's not as bad as fellow online form pickup artist Matt Forney, writer of articles such as How to Beat Your Girlfriend or Wife and Get Away With It, The Myth of Female Intelligence, and Why Fat Girls Don't Deserve to Be Loved. I feel like it's worth mentioning that he does look like he weighs about 300 pounds. But it doesn't stop there. Matt once said, Blacks do nothing but murder cops, rob and rape people, and bring death and destruction wherever they go. Also, this tasteful classic, let's just be honest, everyone hates Blacks. And as if that wasn't bad enough, he's an adamant Holocaust denier, and unsurprisingly, a homophobe. Like, what the actual fuck? It's like he's playing bigot bingo. He did have one compliment for Orthodox Jews, which is that they angered feminists because the man is the head of the household and the woman is expected to submit to him as a wife and mother. But in the same article, he did say that their family values degraded men. You know, because they're married. It's people like Matt Forney and Roosh V who make regular pickup artists look like saints. The rabbit hole I fell down to reach these two characters is undoubtedly repeatable by anyone actually looking for advice. They're racist, misogynistic bigots who have found an outlet for their vile beliefs in a vulnerable audience. Just to give an example, while I may have started with wanting to simply learn how to have a conversation, I've ended up with a prejudice against an entire country. So with all these cards out on the table, I'd like to get back to a more mainstream source. The number one pr problem guys face is societal and media programming. We are programmed to think and engage in behaviors that actually are counterproductive when it comes to having choice and power with women. I call them the five Bs, bullying, begging, buying, bullshit, and booze. Popular culture has so embedded these ideas, particularly that we have a digital false choice between being either a jerk who steamrollers over women or a nice guy who lets women step all over us. No one teaches how to be a powerful, balanced man, a gentle man, a human. It's just not done or it's done ineffectively. 
So I think the first thing is to get the matrix to drop away from people. When I did this in seminars, guys would cry and or they get very angry at how they've been rooked, how they've been ripped off. Because the dating industry, if you feel the dating game doesn't work for you, it's not designed to, it's not your fault, it's been rigged against you. One of the first understandings guys have to get and that their ways of thinking are structured by a power structure that doesn't exist to serve them. Who does it serve when we think in terms of dating? Who makes the money? Follow the money. Quo bene or who benefits from it? The majority of dates take place in restaurants, so the restaurant business. You can also look at engagement rings. Diamonds don't have any intrinsic value. Their scarcity was created by the diamond industry. In fact, originally both men and women were supposed to give each other rings, but only the men really stuck. With that being said, this is completely fucking ridiculous. Yes, restaurants do profit off dating, but I genuinely like going out to eat. And also, you know, getting to know people for real, not through some script. But what if you haven't gotten to the date yet? How do you feel about pickup lines? I found if you can give a compliment that she's never heard before, that will work. For example, one of the compliments I will do is say, excuse me, can I ask you a question? Can you fight? Do you do a martial art? Now that creates a state of curiosity. Like, no, why do you ask? And I'll say, because you carry yourself with discipline and elegance. It's a very unique combination. I feel like that line could work. It's an honest question. It's kind of funny. Do you personalize your pickup lines at all? No, I use standard stuff. If I see a woman who has a nice body, I'm going to use that over because it's very unusual. If it's something she's always heard before and it's sexual, it's not going to work. But if you indirectly compliment in a way that's unusual, it does work. I talk a lot about indirect compliments. So it also depends on what state am I in when I deliver and what my voice tonality is. So, for example, that previous scenario I gave you, if I said, uh, excuse me, can I ask you a question? Do you do a martial art? Can you fight? I'm sorry, this is completely off topic, but that really reminded me of Kyle's cousin from South Park. I'm big! I have to use my tonality and my pacing to get that compliment or that, you call it line, I call it opener. Emma, if someone was approaching you, what would, what should they say? Um, like first opening sentence. Yes, yes. I'd want someone to sit down next to me and say they'd fuck Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I think a lot of it is also just about your own mentality. I never ever have been rejected. I've just had circumstances where women didn't want to accept the gift of my uh, male energy and play with me. I don't even think of approaching women. I think of ex extending opportunities to connect with me in fun and powerful ways. I'm extending the gift of connection with me in fun and powerful ways. I'm serious. The way you use your language, and if you're in sales, don't make cold calls. Ex make ex Talk about extending opportunities. You're going to do opportunity extensions. Our language, our semantics is powerful. You can say that's a semantic trick. That's goddamn right. It's a damn powerful one. Well, he may have never been rejected by a woman, the same can't be said for his relationship with the rest of the PUA community. According to a New York Times article at the turn of the millennium, another pickup artist by the name of R. Don Steele, or John White if we want to be official, suggested that Ross Jeffries was a fraud, claiming Jeffries had told him he actually hadn't lost his virginity until the mid-90s, and uttering words like blow me or hoppiness in a conversation was never going to get anyone on a date. Well, this may seem like a desperate attempt to sell more copies of his book, 
which it is, this didn't stop Ross from having a few choice words himself. Once posting on the birthday of Steele's daughter, 29 years old tomorrow, hey, by Donnie's definition, you're already a cynical, jaded, bitter woman whose biological clock is ticking. Come on down to Marina Del Rey and I'll give you a nice big present. That is, if daddy doesn't go there first. Jeffries has also made fun of Steele's prostate cancer. How do you feel about some of the other pickup artists? I'm torn between saying no comment, that I just keep my head down and focus on what I focus on. I'm not going to dignify them with an opinion, and I'm going to keep my head down working on what I work on. What I'd say is let the buyer beware. Let the caveat emptor, let the buyer beware. When I first began my journey down the pickup artist wormhole, I was expecting to find some silly men parading around in Johnny Depp-inspired outfits. I figured I'd run into the odd pickup line here and there, but not pseudoscientific linguistic programming and new phonetics like blow me and happiness. I can remember being told advice about talking to girls that I now realize is no more than something broadcast on VH1. And while I can stand back and see it all as quite silly, the deeper I went, the more it seemed like a thin veil for misogyny and hate directed at whomever happened to be in the way. If I were to put on my psychologist's cap for a minute, I would say that it's because they're angry. And they're angry because they're lonely. And as we know from Master Yoda, such suffering can only lead to the dark side. Mm, fear leads to suffering. Suffering leads to hate. Hate leads to being a pickup artist. Mm. In all seriousness though, it just kind of seems like a sad existence. To me, being a pickup artist just seems like you're looking for that next high, you're chasing the dragon. Journalist Neil Strauss, writer of The Game, a book credited for bringing the PUA community mainstream, has talked about how much his view of women was altered by entering the pickup community and struggling with sex addiction in the years after. It begs the question, are pickup artists truly happy? or are they simply trying to paint over their insecurities with a show of manliness? In my opinion, being a pickup artist is not a particularly noble profession. While some of their advice, like being confident and going after what you want, can and probably should be applied to your everyday life, Pino, linguistic programming, and scripted conversations aren't the way to do it. If you are a guy who's having a hard time picking up women, do not resort to getting advice from pickup artists. Look. I'm no pickup artist, but my best advice is to just be yourself. If you're genuinely curious about people you pursue, you're bound to have good conversations, and the rest will come naturally. Finally, if you need a good opener, just ask them if they've heard things you don't need to know. With me, Ari Kagan. And as always, thanks for listening. Things You Don't Need to Know is a hyperobject and three uncanny four production. It's hosted and written by myself and produced by Harry Nelson with help from Shane McKean and Nuna Sharafadine. Our executive producers are Adam McKay and Laura Mayer. The show is mixed by Nice Manners. If you like things you don't need to know, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you leave a review, I will give you my ultimate pickup line that works every time. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Let me get that for you. Anyway, see you next week.